0: Okay, I want to talk to you this morning about making the invisible God visible. It's great to be back. We've heard that this morning over and over from Scott. It's good to be back. But no, it really is good to be back. There's no place like home. There isn't. I mean, sometimes you have to travel to realize where you belong in life. Well, that went quiet. You do. It's like you go on holiday. Sometimes you know when, you, you know when you've had enough, don't you? you've had enough of a place, not that I've had enough of Australia, but I just know, I just said to him, Australia's like a pair of shoes, but quite, doesn't quite fit. I said, it's a nice place, I like the shoes, but I couldn't live here. Why? Because it's not my country to be. I just know where I need to be. I said, Lord, why is it they get the sun and we get the rain? Why is it they get kangaroos running around and we just get wild dogs? He said, that's it, Tony, suck it up. How many of you understand that God is both practical and God is prophetic? And God is also supernatural. So God is practical, God is prophetic, and God is supernatural. But God is not magic. God is not an illusionist. He's practical, he's prophetic, he's supernatural, but God does not do magic. Many people want God to do magic if you get if, if our god worked in magic it would be anti to his own character and his own nature because god moves by a spirit by his spirit see a, a magician or an illusionist are not quite what they seem and you've often heard that phrase haven't you it's not quite what it seems but it looks real and that's why when you go into the what we call witchcraft or Black magic, dark magic, whatever colour you want to put on it. It's not quite what it seems. And that's why we need the spirit of discernment to know what spirit is operating. Why? Because it can have the illusion and the appearance that it's God. Can't it? And it can even do some of the things that God does. You only have to read the account of Pharaoh. Going into Pharaoh's court. And, and what happened there? So we know that there is a, and God was playing with them all the time. Because God could always do something they couldn't do. But they gave Pharaoh and they gave others, black magic and magicians or whatever it is. They give the audience the appearance that it's real. And sometimes you get sucked into that, don't you? And then you have to sober yourself and say, it's not quite what it seems. It's an illusion. I don't know how he does it. I wish I knew how he does it and it makes me you know query curious not curious curious and it makes me want to go and find out why he does what he does but in romans chapter 1 okay romans chapter 1 verse 20 says for since the creation of the world god's invisible qualities his eternal power and his divine nature has clearly been understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For though they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and foolish. Hearts and sorry, their, their hearts became futile and were darkened. Is it working now? Thank you. Yeah, There's the scripture there. For since the creation of the world, Romans tells us that this supernatural force, which we call God, Science is unable to explain God. But that's okay. We're not subject to the laws of science. We're subject to the laws of God, aren't we? Science cannot understand something that's invisible. Science, rather than believe God, will look for another theory and wants proof and it wants evidence and it wants visible evidence that, Something exists or doesn't exist. So the science, uh, scientists are on a, route, or on a path of their own. But he says, from the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, eternal power and divine nature has clearly been seen. So something that's been invisible is very clearly seen. So something that's invisible is actually visible. Now, is that a contradiction? Is that an oxymoron? No, it's not. As we read on, we find out why. His divine power and his eternal nature has been seen. I'm still seeing it now. I walk out, I look at creation. I look at creation. There's no way this came from a bank. There's no way it came from a vapor. There's no way. Nature cannot harmonize and synergize the way it does. You know, the planets, the way they're, they're held in the solar system, They cannot all just appear by a bing or a bang. So God's nature and his divine qualities are clearly visible to some, but not to everyone. It's amazing. Think about that. So his invisible qualities are actually visible. No man's ever seen God, but yet you've never seen God, but yet you have proof he exists. Why? Why? Because the Holy Spirit that's in you witnesses that God is real. Yes? The Holy Spirit dwells in you, richly dwells in you, and he's making this invisible God visible. The scientist can't see what you see. The scientist doesn't know what you know, and the scientist will not understand what you understand. Why? Because you've got someone inside of you that's helping you to see. He's called the mediator. He's helping you to see what's been invisible is actually visible. So that you are without excuse. God's showing his display every day to the Christian, to the non-Christian, so that men are without excuse. Wow. So there's no one can turn around and say, at the end of the age, you didn't show us. Look around. Everything speaks. This is, this is a profound work of God. How he says his invisible qualities are clearly seen. And that's a challenge for us. To make God, to make what's invisible, visible. Because you have a responsibility, just as God has a responsibility, to make what's invisible, visible. Yes? Colossians says that with reference to Christ, he is the image of the invisible god so christ is the image so christ said if you've seen the father so if you've seen the son you've seen the father i am the exact image now just in the little bit of time that scott shared, could you see his dad i could phil said he's got his dad's mouth he likes the microphone i said it's okay he's part of that roller skates mouth and roller skates Confidence does it all. That was, that was my journey. I had to go through confidence. I could never have been the pastor in this church had I not gone through that whole issue of confidence. Confidence is everything. And it's great. Your true potential is never recognized until you can find and discover your confidence. It's true. Confidence is, is, is everything. And, but here it says, He is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all the creation. For by him all things were created things in heaven and on earth. So the things that are in heaven can still be seen on the earth. Yes? Why? Because it's the same pattern. Because the spirit witnesses, sorry, um, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authority, or things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, he's the beginning, is the firstborn from among the dead. So that everything, he might have supremacy. This is our God. This is the invisible God becoming visible in our lives. Yeah? So this is why Jesus, when he, when he uh, was ministering to people and people would glimpse that you are the Christ, he'd say, tell no one. Say nothing. Why? Because the time had not yet come yet to bring extra attention to him, or unnecessary attention. Right? But now he says, go into all the world and make me known. So there was a time when he wanted to keep some anonymity about himself, but he would choose who he would reveal himself to. Now he's commissioned us to make him known. Yes? Think about that. Now is the time we've all got to go and make him known. But this visible, invisible whether thrones or powers. How many of you know thrones and powers are visible and invisible? Come on, think about it. There are earthly powers. There are spiritual powers. The earthly powers we call governments. We call politics or we call... There's economic powers. There's economic thrones. There's political thrones. There There is all kinds of thrones that we can see. But our Bible tells us that there is a spiritual kingdom influencing... The natural realm. You and I can see that. But if you think about this, the decline of society is a reflection of what powers are working. So everybody can see that society is declining. So everybody can see what was invisible, but they just don't have names for it. Yes? Britain is not the same country it was 30 years ago. Neither is any other nation. We are rapidly on a downward spiral. Why? Because we know the, 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 the physical things we see, we understand why people, we can see people's behaviors declining, but we don't see what's operating behind that. When you look at a website, you see the color, you see the graphics. But when you, you ask Kevin and Phil, they'll show you the machinery that's going on in the background that's making those graphics work. There's coding going on. That you and I don't see, but they know. They know when you press a button and it does ABC, there is coding that makes that work. But you just see graphics. It's the same in the spirit realm. There, are, there is a code that's going on. There are things behind that's going on, but you just see the physical graphics. Yes? So the message version says of Colossians, it says, We look at the sun and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything, got started in him and finds its purpose in him. This is the message version. He was there before any of it came into existence and then he holds it all together right up to, the, to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was he was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end, from beginning to end. He's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So that uh, so spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in Him without crowd. Not only that, but all the broken and the dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms got properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood, that poured down from the cross. The invisible quality became visible through all that he did, all that he said. All that he said and all that he did. So 1 Peter tells us this, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, You believe in him, and you are filled with expressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So, how is it something's invisible? It's working inside of you, it's filling you with an expressible joy that which is invisible is become visible, and it's not only is it visible. It's working, it's now becoming, it's filling us with inexpressible joy. Wow. Wow. In other words, it's doing more than we've got language for. Beautiful, eh? Inexpressible and glorious joy. So right now, I don't see God physically, but I see Him. Spiritually, with the eyes of faith, I can see Him working. Though we don't see him, we know him. Wow. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him. Yes. Even though I don't see him now physically, I believe in him. And it's my belief and my faith in him that keeps me seeing him. The moment I lose my faith, the moment I stop believing is the moment I stop seeing. Because faith is evidence of things what? not seen it's evidence i believe it i don't care i don't have to see it to believe it i've seen it in my spirit and i believe it because it's real you know, see one of the things that happened to me when i was in australia was very profound because when i go to australia i go to give but i always end up receiving more than i think than i give that's my perception And one of the things that the Lord allowed me to see this year that I've not seen before, I've been talking about the discipleship school, and I've known that God has spoken to me about this. I know that. And I've obeyed on what, I've obeyed and tried to carry out, and we are putting the the early uh, footprints out to carrying this out, this school. It will become a reality. But I've been working based on what I've heard in the spirit. But for the first time, I saw it. I saw it with with the eyes of my spirit, not just the ears of faith, but I saw it in the spirit and I went, now I own it. Now I own the school. Why? Because I've seen it in my spirit. I just didn't blind, oh, I did blindly believe and I obeyed the word and I knew it was what I was sensing. That's why God originally sent me out there to show that it was already inside of me. Australia, we're not copying Australia. God showed me that what you're thinking is actually already working on the earth somewhere else. But I'm taking you to see it, to know that I already put this in here. It's not like a group of men sat down at a table and tried to convince me this is what you should do. The Holy Spirit had already spoke to me. But when I, this year, I saw it. And when I saw it, I could bring it close to me and think, it will happen, Lord, just as you've said. So he says, you're right, Tony. Now go and do your diligence. Go and put what needs to be put in. It will work because you've seen it now. It's real. This is how we have to work in the spirit realm. God allows us. First of all, we hear things and then we see things. And once you see it, it's yours. Once you see it. God's shown it to me and I thought, wow. And I thought, for the first time, I've actually seen what it is, what God's trying to speak to us about. I saw the potential of what it can become. I began to see a lot more. Just You know, you only need a two or three second glimpse into the spirit realm. And it's like, whoa. It can actually, three seconds can blow your capacity. You realize you've only got 500 meg. And you needed 20 gig to have a look at what you've just seen. As we found out you said, hey, didn't we? Yeah? But if you're a low user... If you are a low user and you don't use much internet and you don't want to go into hyperspace, cyberspace, whatever you want to call it, and you just want to send a few phone calls like I do and a few texts, you don't need 20 gig. But if you want to do some FaceTime, you need a lot more capacity. And I know that in the spirit, when you do FaceTime with God, it takes more upgradable capacity. But if you just want to come and hear what what he's saying on a Sunday, you don't need as much capacity. And how true is that? And then you want to peep in on somebody else's FaceTime. You can't do it. Because you still don't have the capacity. So, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith. How many of you know we are receiving the goal of our faith? I felt when God showed me, it was a sense of... You've been labouring up to this point, and I'm giving you a taste of the God glory. You're scoring a goal here, Tony. Yeah. The goal of your face becoming real. Yeah. yeah, and then we see in Romans eight fifteen, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you've received the spirit of the sonship, and by him we cry, Abba Father. The spirit testifies with our spirit. In other words, there's now an internal dialogue. Because of the spirit that lives inside of you, the spirit witnesses, and now your spirit can speak to the Holy Spirit. Let's back up and get that again, because I can see you've not got that. Your spirit, you cannot dialogue with God without the Holy Spirit. Right? I'm talking about true dialoguing now. I'm not talking about just calling out, Lord, where are you? God hears the cry of an unsaved man. Right? That had nothing to do with spirit. That was everything to do with grace. Right, but now you become born again. If you're going to dialogue with heaven, it's a spirit transaction. Your spirit has to speak with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. And that's how we see God. That's the software that we've given. It's called spirit software. Okay? So then his spirit speaks to my spirit. My spirit speaks to his spirit. And as the two spirits keep talking and witnessing... Christ becomes manifest and we begin to see the evidence of our faith. Christ appears more and more because it's a spirit connection. But it's not only a spirit connection. Now we dialogue. Two spirits are speaking. So when you speak in tongues, that's your spirit speaking. Yes? Yes? When you agree and you start praying and you start using, you pray from your spirit, that's your spirit dialoguing with the Holy Ghost. And how many of you know when you truly, when you begin to pray like that, you see Christ. Your mind gets blown. You see things you could never have seen before as you begin to pray in the spirit. That's why it says, "Pray praying the spirit on all occasions. Why? Because every occasion you need to see him. Yes? Next week is, a, is an occasion. We want the family of grace to see what we see. But you must have already been dialoguing with the Holy Spirit so that when you bring what you bring in here, they actually see it before we even start the meeting. They've got to see what you want, the God you know, before you even open your mouth. Does that make sense? It's, they don't want to see Christ when we start to worship. That family must see Christ in here. That family must see Christ when they walk through this door. This world must see Christ as you walk out this door. So there needs to be a spirit dialogue, the invisible. All this is invisible, but you know it's real. It's all invisible. So, I'm, you know, if we just change the context a minute, let's just say, have you ever watched a Christian meeting on TV? Or on the internet. And you see people falling over. Come on, keep dialogue with me here. You've seen people falling over. And you've seen, seen all kinds of weird things going on. How weird does it feel when you're sat at home watching what went on in someone else's meeting? Why? Because you haven't got the context. You haven't got the dialogue going on in your spirit. But what was going on in there, Christ was manifesting. But because you weren't in the context, it seems weird. And, and I've got to be honest, nine times out of ten, we shouldn't put Christian things on TV or on the internet. Why? Because people don't have our context. And it leaves people with an opinion. I'm not saying don't put preaching on TV. I'm saying put the manifestations. Some people just don't get it. And some stuff shouldn't be on TV anyway because it's not even of God. But that's another thing. But we must, the invisible has a context. So if I'm walking in this room, if you walked in one night and you saw me walking up and down here praying, going mad on my own, and you watch that from a TV, it looks like a man's just walking, speaking to himself. Doesn't it? Have you ever seen these guys walking down the road with a phone? But they haven't got the phone there, it's in the pocket. And they're talking, you think, look at that nutter over there. <laughs> but he's got his context, it's called, I'm speaking to someone, you just can't see the technology behind it. Yeah? yeah. It's a spirit dialogue that we must have all the time. <clears throat> we learn from Colossians chapter 115 that Christ is the born supremacy. He oh, yeah. said that before, he is, so he may have supremacy in everything. He is the Bourne supremacy, not Jason Bourne. He is the born supremacy. He's better than Jason Bourne because our God is indestructible. Yeah? Though he's invisible, he's got stealth mode. Jason Bourne didn't have stealth. Though he did goes off the grid from the CIA. This is a movie I'm referring to here. All things are held together, both visible and invisible. That takes a specific type of person to hold the invisible realm and the visible realm together. It takes a specific kind of God to be able to do that. But you know what? That is the very mandate Christ has given to every one of us. The keys of the kingdom are to regulate, bring equilibrium, bring equalization on the earth. As it is in heaven, so it will be. On the earth. God has given us the power. To bring supremacy. And kingdom equalization. In every domain. Now that went down like a lead balloon. God has given you that same power. Because he is already holding the invisible. And the visible. But now he gives you the keys of the kingdom. To do the same. Wow. So it's possible. For you. Stepping in in the spirit to bring order to where chaos is. And it's possible in the kingdom to bring chaos where there is the wrong kind of order. We can uproot. We we read that this morning in our prayer time from Jeremiah. To uproot and to tear down is chaos. So that peace can be established, but chaos comes before peace. You don't have, have to talk to your children to realize to get some order, you have to create chaos. They <laughs> throw the toys out the pram, and then slowly but surely, you keep on keeping on, keep uprooting, keep tearing down the philosophies, and then order and then peace. It's true. Anyone who's had parents, anyone who's a parent knows that. There's a time when your kids don't want your kind of peace. It's true. Kids teach us so much. They do. But that's not our message. Yeah? Our job is to make this invisible God visible to all the world. His invisible kingdoms, his invisible kingdom cannot be shaken. Cannot. The, the prayer of the Father, here's you ready for this? I'm going to give you this free. The difference between there are two prayers that you will find yourself praying in your life. There is the sinner's prayer. You prayed the sinner's prayer. And then there is the Matthew 6 kingdom prayer. Now the distance between the sinner's prayer and the Lord's prayer, that's your journey. From the sinner's prayer to the Lord's prayer, that requires, that's your journey. Seeing the kingdom, the invisible kingdom come. See, when you prayed the sinner's prayer, you did nothing. All you did was pray. Everything was already supplied for you. Grace, mercy, forgiveness. But now, to step into the kingdom prayer, not my will be done, but your will be done, as it is in heaven, so it shall be done on the earth. What part of the earth? Start with me. It's got to be done in me. So, this is the issue we have in church today, is we get people praying the sinner's prayer. But discipleship takes us into the Lord's prayer. Without discipleship, you'll never get the kingdom inside of people, and the kingdom will always remain invisible. Hello, because the kingdom was invisible at this stage and it manifested, it showed itself and, it, and heaven opened up for a split second. You saw that you were a sinner and you needed Christ. Great. All that's called is introduction. You didn't do anything other than accept Christ. But to get into the kingdom, to manifest the kingdom, to make in the invisible visible takes discipleship. And that's why many of us cannot manifest the kingdom because we've not been accurately prepared and discipled to bring the Christ. Because the kingdom is still not manifesting in you. You're still manifesting, not the kingdom. So Christ remains invisible in large areas of our lives. Think about this. This is why we can't manifest or we don't often manifest. This is why most of the church only ever manifest Christ on a Sunday in a meeting. And then most of the time, it's only the pastor. And then we have this we have this idol thing called the man of God. And only the man of God can can do these kind of things. So everybody chases the man of God, and they make him an idol. And it completely, if he is the man of God, he should be empowering the people of God. It's no, and, and people sit there, they all sit there on their stages, thinking it's a wonderful title to have, to be called the man of God. You don't have a work. If you have no work, your work is to empower the people of God to make the invisible God visible. Yeah. And all you want to do is use the man of God status to make you visible. And you're praying for people, and it's great, people are getting saved, but the body of Christ is not changing. And we still have got the sinner's prayer. That's all the still at the sinner's prayer. They still haven't gone through the cross. They're still not risen through the cross. Why? Because there's massive disparity between the sinner's prayer and the Lord's prayer. Every day you should be praying the Lord's prayer. Some aspects of the kingdom should be flowing. I'm not saying literally read that prayer. But there should be kingdom prayers flowing through you. That's the evidence that you're becoming a son. Every day you should be praying at some point of your life, "Not my will." That means you're coming to an end. And something's come into life. This is the only way we make the invisible visible. The problem with our Christianity within the nation we'll just put it in the confines of Great Britain for a minute. I'm sure we could use this and say this about all other nations, but the trouble with our Christianity, it's invisible totally invisible. It's true. Come on, let's be honest. We serve a visible God, not just an invisible God. So that men are without excuse. It's powerful, church. You must think, what stage are you in between the, you praying the sinner's prayer to the Lord's prayer? Where are you in that... That journey in that path two, to the two most important prayers you'll ever pray in your life sinner's prayer, kingdom prayer. Wow, majority of church have prayed the learned to pray the sinner's prayer, but we can never move them into praying the Lord's prayer. That's how our challenge as leaders to bring you to that point where we bring you to the kingdom prayer so the kingdom can flow through us. And that's when Christ manifests. That's the challenge of every leadership. That's the challenge of this leadership to keep working with you, keep laboring with you. So you are our work. You are our work. And as we train you, then you go to do the works of the ministry. So you are our work, but then you do the work. That's what it means to be put to work. But to be put to work, you have to be trained. And you have to be worked upon. Worked in, worked through. Things have to come to an end. We have to, take, we have to see that your sincerity or your prayer is sincere and genuine. And very often, you have all the headaches and all the hassles trying to take him from that prayer to that prayer. This is a truth. This is a kingdom. And it's so easy to see the maturity from there to there. So Easy. I'm a, I'm a, I've prayed the sinners' prayer now. I'm saved him in. You think? So, John, chapter one, John chapter three, verse six. No one who lives in Him, in other words, someone who's conscious of His invisible qualities, keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or known Him. Let's read that again. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. Why? Because they're going from one degree of glory to another. They're being taken from the the sinner's prayer into the Lord's prayer. That's the proof. You don't keep on sinning. Sin comes to an end. You sin less. This is the proof that discipleship is working and operating in your life. And by the way, we never stop being a disciple. Disciple is not a course we do. Disciple is who we are. But it might take a training program to kick the process off. Yes, discipleship isn't a one-year or a two-year; it's a life. You are my disciples. He didn't have a t- he didn't have a uh, certificate parade at the end, did he? You know, you qualified. Well done. You qualified. Well done. You scuffed. I don't know you got through, but you got one. No. So no one who lives in him will, continue, will keep on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or knows him. Oh. So that will prove whether your sinner's prayer was genuine. If you keep on doing the things and thinking the same things that you did when you first came, then guess what? The evidence is you're not, you've not seen him and you don't know him. Ooh. Sorry, the Bible said that, not me. Well, when you, when you when you've keep on sinning and you keep on doing those things not only have you not seen him or not, you don't know him it means that you are unconsciously unconscious of him you are actually unconsciously unconscious of who he is oh the other one is it which one Is that one that's it thanks David I can't see it from over there It's invisible over there. It's visible here. (laughs) Well done, David. So, have you got that scripture? No one who lives in him, conscious of his invisible qualities, keeps on sinning. So, if I'm conscious of him, I shouldn't keep on doing the same things. Yeah? No one continues to sin as if they've seen him or known him, meaning they are unconsciously unconscious of his eternal power and his divine nature. It's in your Bible. That is the Bible. Give you two more scriptures and we'll, we'll wind up. Moving on. Luke chapter 10, verse 21. At that time, Jesus, full, full of joy through the Holy Ghost, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned. In other words, he, he hid the invisible qualities. And revealed them to who? Little Children. In other words, he's now revealed qualities, revealed qualities to children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. No, David and and, uh, Veronica read us a scripture out this morning about being children. Where was it from? About the children. Jeremiah. Sorry, Jeremiah was only a young boy. Oh, please don't say I'm only a young boy. And I said I made the comment that it's one thing to be a child, but it's another thing to speak like one. We're not called to speak like children. We are called because Paul says we have a message amongst the mature, so we need to be mature to speak this message out. But we must always have the posture of a child. Our behaviour is not like a child, but our posture before heaven is: I come as a little. child. I am your son. I'm always the child. I'm mature, but I'm a a mature child. It's not. It's not a negative reference to be called a child but it is negative to be called immature. Yes? Because unless you become like a child, he said become a child, become like a child, you cannot enter or keep on downloading more revelation. So he says, yes, Father, this was for your good pleasure. Last scripture. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man. So, Peter's now having an encounter. He's seen something called God's invisible qualities. But he's seen it through Jesus Christ. Father in heaven. But my Father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now he's given him the keys to the invisible. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. The keys of the kingdom is what joins the invisible and the visible together. This is why he says, I've given you the keys. Why? So that you can manifest the invisible. And you can build with the visible, but manifest the invisible. So let's just say, I see a quality in Phil. Once I didn't see it, but now I did see it. Or do see it. Once I see it, I can utilize it. Yes? So I can build now. Because I've seen there's a hidden quality. Yes? Now it's not hidden to me. I've seen it. It might be hidden to him. But now I've seen it, I can build with it. And draw it out of him. Yes? So I can build with what has now been revealed. So what was I can now twin the invisible with the visible. Does that make sense? Every day, that's what your relationship and your walk with Christ is. The more you see of Christ, the more visible it becomes. And therefore, you should be able to manifest it at some point. Now, the work of the Ephesians 4.11 is to perfect the work of the saints. How do we perfect the work of the saints? By seeing what's invisible... What, so that which is invisible, God shows us, so we can make it visible. We draw it out of you, so you can see it. So when we can see it, and then you can see it, we all see. Yes? And when we see the gifts and qualities and the graces and the anointings that God is putting in the building, the more we see it, the more we can make it visible. And the more the community begins to taste of our strength. Yes, and the more we can release that out. So I say, say for instance, Chris over here, I see an evangelist in him or I see an, a soul winning ability within him. He doesn't see it in himself, but then we begin to see it. We begin to help him and he begins to see it now. Yes, yes. So I felt, yeah, he just didn't have the dots joined up. But because we saw it, now we can man it. we can now make it visible in him. So we say, right, what, what do we need to do? Well, you need, let's try this area, put him over here. Put him over there. Now, what was once invisible now becomes visible, and now he shares the visible, so it becomes practical outside. That's Ephesians 4 that has to do that. That's why you must... It's our job to take you from the sinner's prayer to the kingdom prayer. That's why we need to disciple. Hello? There are things inside of you. Scott's already said it this morning. confidence. Why? What's confidence? Confidence is seeing what's inside of you. Realizing God's already put it in there. And now he sees it, he can protect it. He can work towards it. Now it's dad's job and the leadership's job now is to see what he hasn't seen. And also to work with what he does know. That's the ministry. So when he begins to be perfected, going from one degree of glory to another... Then we release them, get outside and go make it count. Because inside here is only a small amount of impact you can have. There's a whole world to make our presence known. Church, it's time to make the invisible God visible. His eternal power, his divine nature lives inside of you and it lives inside of me. This is what we live for. This is our labor. To make Christ manifest, to make Christ known, so that Christ can be revealed, the church can be reformed, the city, the nations can be transformed. Let's stand to our feet. I trust you've been encouraged by this. This week, think about how you can make this invisible God. There's a lot more I could say on this, and no doubt I will. We must be fixed towards making Christ visible. Yes. You know, we write things to make what's unseen known. So we write the church we see. We, we say, live in the days of heaven on earth. We say, speak to the t- tree tenderly. You have come to a Zion explosion, a high visibility, maximum impact. We get everything speaking. Arise, advance, accelerate, execute. We get everything in the church speaking. Speaking is only one aspect, but living is the other aspect. We've got to move beyond being satisfied with church. Seriously. We've got to move beyond being satisfied with coming on a Sunday. And we really must begin to start desiring God to become visible in our everyday lives. Because this is our journey, church. This is our journey. This is our destiny. This is our mandate. You know, we made a declaration this morning early on in prayer and it's going to be our declaration for this year. Continuing of the year and, and subsequent years, it's going to be a strong declaration and uh, we're going to put it on a banner. We're going to make it, shout it. We're going to make this declaration clear that we do have a mandate. We do have an assignment. We do have a purpose. We do have a mission. We do have a, a destiny. We have a vision to uphold. We are part of this. And this is our declaration. And as we do that, that can, as we move towards that, that can only do one thing. That can only make the invisible visible. Yes. So when I, look at, when I look inside you right now, I must be able to see Christ. Yes. By the fruits, you shall know. So what does that mean? I've been given insight to what's in, what looks invisible to other people. I have a way of detecting... Whether his faith is genuine and sincere, it is it's the same as me. I must have that internal x-ray, by the fruits you shall know. Now, that means I can look into his life, and that means his actions. His actions are the fruit as well. Yeah? And that's how we can guard ourselves. That's how we know. That's why in the last days, there'll be wolves coming in. There'll be all kinds of people coming in. We must know. Why? Because what they make visible, and what you make visible, are two different things. Amen? So let's just bow our heads if we will. I'm going to read the scripture to you again. And I want you to pray this prayer if you will, please. you read it already this morning. In fact, let's go back and find it for you. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or know him. Where are you in there? If you wonder why Christ is not manifesting in your life, I think the key's in that question, in that scripture. No one who lives in him. theres the key word. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin, either seen him or know him. So if we live in him, there should be something coming to an end. So, Father, right now, I bring my life to you. I need a revival. I need something to change in my life. Constantly, I ask you to make yourself visible to me. But what about me making you visible in my life? Oh, God, prayer is not just about you doing something to, uh, me doing something for you, but it's about you doing something in me. You have access to me through prayer. Not only I have access to you, but you have access to me. So, Father, right now, I give you access to me right now. come on, give him access. Holy Spirit, come. I have access to my mind. I have access to my heart. I have access to my will. Come on, let him in. Let him in right now. Just let him in. Holy Ghost, come in. Convict me if you need to. Show me what areas of sin need to be brought to an end so that Christ can manifest within me. I don't want flesh to keep manifesting. I don't want flesh to be seen. There are things that are secret, secret sins, secret thoughts that are invisible, but God has seen them. They're not invisible to God. They just may be invisible to the person at the side of you, but they're fully visible and in full view of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit right now is waiting for you to speak to him about those areas. So he can begin to do a work with you in those areas. You must confess those areas right now and show him. Because this is the part of you continue to live in him. It's not enough to know him. It's a question to live in him. It's the living in him that produces the knowing. And as you ask the Holy Spirit to bring those things to an end within your life. God begins to make a whole new chapter visible in your life. You already heard it in Scott's testimony this morning. How he began to wrestle and fight, and the moment he began to submit, God began to reveal His plans towards Scott. And it just as it's, that's everyone's, everyone has a similar testimony at some point in their life. The moment you bring struggle to an end, God reveals Himself. It's keeping the struggle minimum. Right now, Father, we ask you, O oh God, to give this house a conscience. Make us conscious, Lord, of your presence, of your awareness. Make us conscious of our of, of our stupidity. Make us conscious, Lord, of those things that we need to do in order to, to make you visible. Father, we're asking you, oh God, make become visible in, in our every day of our life. Become transparent in our life. Oh, Father, right now. I really encourage you this week. In fact, that you first when you go home and you have your first uh, quiet time with God this, mo- uh, this week. You bring these, this message before you. And say, Lord, what's invisible? What have, I, what have I tucked away? What have I hidden? Lord, make it visible. Search me and know me. Said David. He's saying what's invisible in me needs to come to the surface so it becomes visible. So I can get it out of my life. Test me. See if there's any offensive way within me. This is what David prayed. David had so hidden things in his heart that through the prophet, he came in one conversation, David was completely exposed. And Maybe this morning as we've been speaking, the Holy Spirit is beginning to expose you in a certain way where you have to bring certain things to an end. And now the first time you get to speak with the Lord, whether today or in the morning, you must bring your heart before him and say, Lord, I'm going, to make, I'm going to bring out the invisible things that I've stored in my heart. Now listen, don't ask the Holy Spirit to try and go rooting for things that you already know. You know they're there, so they, are, they need confessing. But which you don't know, the Holy Spirit will then speak to you, bring it to your mind, and then you can then bring it back to him. Amen? So don't ask him to convict you of what you've already been convicted of. You already know what you need to bring to an end. So, Father, right now, Holy Ghost, we prayed this morning that you would bring your revival, you would bring your fire to burn on our lives. Oh, God, you're doing it already. Father, I pray as we rise, whether we sleep this afternoon or we sleep tonight, Lord, arrest us in the morning. Bring to our conscience, oh, God, what needs to come to an end. Don't let us go this week, Lord. Don't let us go another step. And ignore what you've spoken to us about this morning. Let your word become reality in our lives. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen.